Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. You know, I need a shot of something. <laughs> I, know, I know, I do. I like a shot of tequila. But sometimes I get unruly because I can throw them back kind of easy. So I'll do like maybe three and then don't realize it. And then boom, shaka-laka-laka. Everything <laughs> just, just gets ugly. You know. I turn into a wild, feral No, you don't. Woman. Uh-uh. I get crazy on tequila. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Your, <laughs> wings, your wings come out and everything. Wild. <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite cocktail? Is it tequila? Tequila? You know, I, I love a good Manhattan with some bourbon or rye. I love some whiskey to really ground me. Tequila, I just get crazy. I don't like dark liquor. Dark, dark liquor made me come up out the ground. I can't. <laughs> mm, girl, uh-uh. I got to no. have a gin or vodka. I don't really like gin too much, but I like uh, a vodka. Uh, I'm a good with a vodka. I don't mind a vodka. Or a good cognac. You okay. know? But other than that, I can't be bothered with um, nothing else but good stuff like you on the edge. Brains, what is your cocktail of choice? I got <laughs> Vanessa Alfaro from Hello. up in the Bay Area, like San Francisco kind of ish. Yeah, you know, right on the outskirts, and I'm down here in San Diego. We're gonna give it to you 110 after you make yourself a cocktail because you're gonna need that for this conversation. Because <laughs> we're gonna talk about anger and communication. Yes, and, uh, you know what? They don't really kind of go together, they're completely polar opposites. But what I want Michelle to explain to oh, Michelle, Vanessa, see, I told you, I'm crazy. What I want Vanessa to uh, explain to us really is different styles of communication. Because it's not just about verbal. It's, you know, your body language. It's how you respond to uh, information. It's how you have dialogue or don't have dialogue with people. You know, we're talking about married women in relationships. The communication mm-hmm. is, you know, it's foul. Sometimes he don't talk at all, or you got a female. You know, communication styles morph into your work. It morphs into every aspect of your life. And she's also a Navy vet. Mm. And I want to ask her what that was like, you know, what that in a male-dominated environment, trying to be heard. Yeah. I so know. let's get into it. How you doing, girl? I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And I'm okay. excited about this conversation. And well, I mean, she we'll got be it all revealed. under shoulders, Bray. Okay. Ready, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we going to do it to it. I have been having the greatest interviews. I just had another interview with another guest. And we talked about the mother-daughter dynamic. Oof. 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 And how, you know, how that morphs and how it changes. Same thing in the relationship with a husband and wife. You know, it they put the Spengali on you to get you. <laughs> but then what they what they gonna do to keep you? You know, and that's both parties. And how do we handle that? Because women can be enraged and you know, sometimes we just don't know how to shut up. Yeah. Talk yeah. to us about that. Well, so 
you know, I was married for almost 13 years. And during my marriage, I, I had a lot of people ask me, how did you get into this work? So a little bit of backstory. I grew up in an extremely violent, hostile environment. I was surrounded by rageful adults. Wow. Now, I did not want to act that way. However, as, as I grew up into my teen years, you know how teens were rebellious. Mm -hmm. And so the adults, if, they, if anyone came after me, I actually used my rage to protect myself and I fought mm -hmm. back. Wow. But it was ugly. And that's not how I wanted to be in my life. And so as a young adult child, I suppressed and squashed a lot of my feelings because it was not okay to feel a myriad of feelings. If we were too excited, calm down. We definitely, I definitely couldn't get angry with the adults around me. So I did a lot of suppressing, a lot of squashing. I was very depressed. Mm -hmm. But as I became a teenager, I would fight back. But I hated it. I hated it. And wait, let and, me ask a question though. Yeah. Uh, was there siblings? Did you have brothers and sisters? I don't have biological brothers and sisters, but I was raised by my grandmother, my mom's mom, um, in a household full of cousins and aunts and uncles. So the house is packed all the time. Now, so, did that complicate the situation that you were raised by big mama and not mama? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was stressful. Yeah, it was a, it was a very stressful, volatile environment. My grandmother, you know, she she married a few times. My grandfather, she divorced and then she ended up having to raise eight. Well, she made a choice to raise eight children on her own with a mortgage. It was no joke. She really struggled. Right. She was many things. She was loving. She was caring. She was strict. She was mean. She was rageful and abusive. She had a lot to handle. So I recognize and acknowledge all that. And they're also, the, the environment was extremely toxic. Mm. So, so, you know, I left when I was 18 and I, and I started off on my life and I knew at a very young age, I knew around 19 after I left, got out of the house, was in the military, that something was wrong. I knew I could feel inside my depression having space and distance from my family. I knew I needed help. I didn't start getting help though until after I got out of the military and started the next phase in my life, which was to go to college. That was very important to me. I really wanted an education. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it was during that time where I really, again, my depression set in and, and I, ha I would have destructive rageful outbursts mm -hmm. i had a very low point and i knew i needed help so i started on this journey spiritual growth healing development in when i was around 23 and so i've been on that path since so i did a lot of work to get my anger and rage under control mm -hmm. but i was also really controlling managing and suppressing it and okay, then it, so now let me let me yeah uh, interject here because brains newsflash you are who you hang around mm -hmm. that's who you become yes that's your mirror reflection you know I got a situation with somebody that I know right now everybody around them has dysfunctional relationships parents whatever and they're morphing into that.
because they're having that conversation all the time. And so now you're in this male dominated environment where they're in your face all the time. You know, they don't care about your gender. You can't be soft. You're a soldier. You're a sailor, no matter what. So you're in this and you've got this su suppression of rage. That could be very volatile. That could be very dangerous. And I'm glad that you realized that you needed help. So then you move forward and you got married. Yes. And none of this, you know, none of this came because you found that love and that tenderness, everything you thought you were looking for, you found in this individual and you married him and stayed there for 13 years. Yes. So, you know, I, I didn't get married until my 30s. So I had done a ton of work, got my degrees, fully independent woman, financially independent. That was very, very important to me. And then I was in a place and in a space to fall in love. And I did. It was around 33. However, within that first year, my rage and anger, it was a problem. <laughs> it was a problem for both of us and the way we handled conflict. So we went to therapy right away um, within the year and we worked on our relationship. We made it work. We stayed together. A lot of healing happened. And then we got married three years later. Um, so, you know, I worked really hard on my anger, and my rage throughout my marriage, but what was happening is I was noticing that I was just suppressing, suppressing, suppressing and becoming extremely resentful. Mm. And I started asking myself this question, okay, like, wait, wait, yes, because I, I got to cut in when I get a, 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 as I say, a brain fart, um, <laughs> uh, but why were you so resentful? What was he, what was this, you know, not details, but just a broad stroke. Well, was it just anything, you know, you put the, you didn't put the toilet seat down. <laughs> so we women, a lot of us women are caretakers. We okay. like to take care of things. I, because of my independence and just being in charge, I took on so much in the marriage. Now, he didn't ask me, I did it. But there was this unconscious expectation that in my efforts, he would, you know, he would step up and he would start taking care of me in the way that I wanted, but I was not communicating that. And so I was becoming resentful. Mm. And so this resentment and anger and my rage were brewing and I could feel it. I could feel it in my body. Mm. And it was coming at a cost to my health and well being. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I was exhausted once again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so I questioned, I was like, I am holding back in my life. And there's this very real part of me that I'm squashing. And what do I do about this anger and rage that I'm not fully expressing? Cause I don't want to hurt myself and I don't want to hurt him. So I started to research, how do I release this bottled up anger and rage that I have without impacting our marriage? And so I developed a process called the anger algorithm. And I knew it was the answer. I was like, this is it, this is it. And I started releasing and relieving this anger and rage that I had in my heart, mind, body, and soul. And I turned around our conversations in the way that we were navigating conflict. Okay, but then why did the marriage fall apart? Oh, that's a great question. I got to a point in our marriage, we were so close. The love of my life, 
and I left for me. I had to leave the marriage in order to grow and to step into my purpose and to do, do what I'm doing now, which is my purpose to help other women with anger and rage. So now, I now, wait, needed. Wait, 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 mm -hmm. You know, I can have this conversation with you because we didn't have a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. Yes. To me, that seems kind of contradictory. You go through a period in your life, yep. you realize what the problem is, you work on it, you heal, you mend, and then you dip. I left wait, wait, for wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. No, I can't. Yeah, yeah. You dip, but in your suitcase and your toolbox, you are now equipped to help other women not dip. That's or, right. Okay, I, I, color in the white space for me. I'm, you know, brains, I'm asking the question now. You know, I'm a little loopy. But I'm, I'm asking the question because I'm trying to understand. Uh, to me, it would be clear yeah. if you had have maybe stayed or if he had have left for him, but you left for you. But was what was there? Was there something that was still missing? I don't understand. I, I, I'm missing something here. Does my question make sense? Absolutely. The the our dynamic in the relationship because of the rate at which I was growing mm -hmm. and the rate at which he was growing or not growing or not growing. And I want to be very careful to respect his privacy and his part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. And, and, you know, we send him love, but I'm, I'm just trying to understand because there's right. other people out there in similar situations. Should I stay? Should I go? Is this person, because at a point I've been married 38 years, that's yeah. a whole nother story. Okay. Right. And right. there has been ebbs and flows. Now I can't never say I've been really ready to dip, but I've been ready to take a vacation. Uh, because I did see that we were growing in two different directions. It's like a tree. Mm -hmm. All the branches aren't going to grow the same way. And some are going to bear, bear fruit and others aren't. So I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm sorry we have to use your, you know, your specific, but okay. you're a subject matter, subject matter expert in this because again, you're coaching and facilitating and, and talking to women about communication so, you know, is that a conversation that we should have with our spouse? Is that, hey, baby, we're going in two different directions or I don't even know how to bring that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had, we had many conversations. We worked on our marriage. And, but I had to get really honest with myself and my soul that I was so entangled that I knew I couldn't grow into the woman who I am today mm -hmm. while staying mm -hmm. married to him. Okay. So I made a brutal, painful choice to leave for me. Okay. And it was no joke. It was no joke. And I don't wish that upon any woman. And so my work here is yes. Am I invested in helping them? save their marriage i'll do my best but i'm more invested in me helping 
them save themselves mm -hmm. so that they come to a decision of what they really want in their life. They want to go at it and do, do it with their beloved full on and give it their all. Or they're like, you know what? I have to go now. So I'm there to support in, in any way. Right. And if you did, if you go, the classy thing to do, honey, is go with some dignity yes. uh, and to be able to manage your communication style as well as temper your anger. Because when you're angry, you don't speak clearly. You don't think clearly. You're basically running on emotions and that's running on empty. You need to be strategic. You need to be loving. You need to be gentle with yourself. And you also need to consider the other person. Now, sometimes, you know, they're not worth considering. But what if you have children? That's right. Little people are watching this. And like I said, you went through some trauma, you know, that you've experienced. And that adolescence uh, age, and then they're, you know, or there's another person involved. Maybe this other person is having another relationship or their step-parents. It could be a whole bunch of different isms and circumstances but managing your anger and how you receive and process information i've said in the last three or four interviews that i have i'm that's the conversation i'm having with myself right now april is how you process it because stuff is going to come up i mean that's just the norm but it's how you receive it and it's how you process it do you take that time to step back and analyze and take the other person's you know, point of view into consideration, or is it just all about you? Because right. it can't just be all about you. That's a dangerous situation. You're not going to live in this world by yourself. Wouldn't you agree, Vanessa? Absolutely. Absolutely. We need a moment to pause, right? And take responsibility for our experience. Now, for me, the, all the ways in which I learned how to communicate and we do at, at our society, in the world, the way we communicate with conflict is we critically and harshly judge and we blame. And in our judgment and in our blaming, we, we remain victims. Somebody is doing this to me, hold on. This is a hard pill to swallow. How are you choosing to feel about it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to take responsibility for your experience and instead of saying, you're making me mad, you're doing this to me, pause. I'm angry and hurt right now. I need some time and space to process. Mm -hmm. And I have this tool, the anger algorithm, and I'm going to use it to get clear on what I need. I'm going to ask you about that in just a minute. But there's a couple of things that you said couple three things you said number one i want to go back to expectations yes Brains, let's be real clear on this because you expect somebody to do something it ain't going down that way all the time you know people say oh my dog has never bit anyone and that person's laying there breathing every person everything on this planet has its own mind it will do what it wants to do uh you know there are situations where you can be controlled and manipulated but that's only for so long so expectations are something that we really need to manage, especially our expectations for others. You say blame. Uh, blame is a part of the shaming. Because what you want to do when you're angry, 
is you want to cut them to the white meat show. You want them to bleed out. You want them to be in pain. Okay. I know somebody right now that girl, she wants just pain and anguish. But when you plot revenge, baby, you better dig two graves because it's coming for you. You know, it's coming for you. And responsibility. Have responsibility for your own actions. I did this. Have this conversation with self first. I own this. I realize that this is something that is not in our best interest. Um, that's an equalizer. You know, and it's a diffuser. Because if your boss, for example, you do something that's wrong, and you can see that scrunch on their face, and they're just waiting for you, just tapping that pen, waiting for you. And you come in there and you say, you know what? Mrs. Jones, you're absolutely right. I made a terrible mistake, you know, and I'll work on that. I won't let that happen again. What can she say? But okay, you out of there, but trying to defend your position and trying to be righteous and all that, when you know that you were wrong. Those are three key elements that I hope that you look at and you consider, you know, uh, in that. So I want to talk about the communication algorithm. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So the anger algorithm is a process. It's a step. So algorithm means a logical step-by-step process. Mm -hmm. Um, So the anger algorithm is a process. It has steps that you move through. And they are reflective questions about your experience. And so you write your responses and this is done in a very private place. You work through their algorithm alone. You do it with yourself. And then once you write out all, all the steps, then you read it out loud. The writing and the saying out loud are ways to release and relieve the anger that you're feeling. Now, there are, for me, two fundamental keys, and you've, you mentioned one of them. When you're working through conflict, Many of us just want to be heard, seen, and understood. So that means listen. Listen without defending, explaining, justifying. You're just listening. But our anger will prevent us from listening. The other key to working through conflict is owning your part. And and sometimes that's just too much. If you're angry and you're blaming somebody else and judging them, you're like justified. And you're like, wait, how could I contribute to this part? This person did something to me. So what, what was my part in it? But we all have a part. And when we're married, we have a part in the dynamic. So in working through the algorithm, because you're releasing and relieving that anger, the rage, the intense feelings that you're feeling, you get to a place of calm. So you get really clear on what you want. So you can get step back and really see your part to take responsibility and it completely shifts and changes the conversation. Okay. What about the other person? What about the other person? Exactly. What about the other person? Cause th- there's, there's two players in this. You get your shit together and his is smelling like leftover lunch meat. You know, uh, it has to be, Okay, you got to do the inside job first. You got to work on self first. I get that. Absolutely. And so I get, I'm caught up to the point where where you're saying, okay, I've done the work and I've just found that this is different than what this other individual, or this is, I've done the work to the point where this is not 
what I thought it was and I need to explore something different. What do you say to that woman that's ready to bounce? Well, if she's willing to do the work, part of the growth and the repair that needs to happen in the marriage is that there has to be communication about what's going on. So part of this work and what I do with my clients is that they share what they've learned with their partners and they, there's a conversation that happens and, and there's an invitation. Are you on board? I'm working on this. Look at, this is what I learned. Here are skills and tools and practices. Are you willing to go down this path with me? So there's a conversation that needs to happen in order to make it work. And then some decisions have to be made because if the partner's like the husband, whoever, they're like, you know what? I don't wanna do this with you. Okay, now you know. Mm -hmm. So then what's next? So it's a journey. But we didn't include forgiveness. That's a huge part of it. And I'll tell you something about this word uh, trust that I learned from my ego, ego coach. Yes, girl, I deal with an ego coach. I have to turn you on to a she is the business. Okay. <laughs> but what she explained to me is that that word trust is a contingency. I will trust you if you do dot, 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 dot. You know, okay, you stepped out on me. You've had another relationship. When I call you, if you don't answer up, you know, he could be in a meeting phones die. I mean, there could be a real legitimate reason, but now all of a sudden I don't trust you because you did not follow the format. Forgiveness. It took me a long time to really, I hear it. And it seems, you know, very cliche. Forgiveness is for yourself. But if you show up and you do the work, you do have to forgive yourself first before you can forgive someone else. Absolutely. Being sorry. I don't like that. Excuses are like booty holes. Everybody have them and they all stink. (laughs) And you know I'm telling the truth. You got an excuse. I don't like an excuse. Own it. You know, I I didn't do this because of this and this. That's not why you didn't do it. That's what you told me why you didn't do it. And if that's what happened, okay, that's what happened. But still, you need to meet your commitment. So it's about commitment. It's a whole bunch of other beautiful adjectives and $25 words in this, in this thing. And whether it is, whether you, should I stay or should I go? You're still going to have to wake up to the reality of this is what it is. And I understand what you're saying about the anger algorithm, because it is a step-by-step process that needs to be documented, that needs to be verbalized, that needs to be worked through. So it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of mechanics to it. And I think that it's a more comfortable space than quote unquote talk therapy. I feel like, you know, and it's just, just me brains, you know, when you in there, cause I've checked in a couple times, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. You check your heart, your liver, I check my brain. Uh, and, and when you check in, sometimes I feel like I'm just, I'm sitting there with a mummy. I'm just talking, 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 you know, and then at the end they give their assessment. I need somebody to engage with me back and forth. So working with you and, and, and doing the dialogue and doing the exercises is more interactive. That is, that's the kind of learner that I am. Yes. You know, 
So it, it, it can be a very, very powerful tool. And that, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, what are your clients? What is your ideal client? Because everybody's not going to be your client. But, you know, who is the person that you're looking for? Because relationships are different now. We're not just dealing with women. We're dealing with, you know, polyamorous relationships. Where they got right. two, and that's confusing as hell. <laughs> Sister wise, girl, watch that on TV. It don't make no sense to me. I don't know how everybody <laughs> get along. Okay, I can't. I can't have more than one female in the house. I'd go crazy. Uh, and then supposed to like her and go with go with what you know what he say do. It's confusing for me. Uh, so you have those kind of relationships. You've got lesbian relationships. You've got gay relationships. You got non-binary relationships. Uh, but there's always going to be a dominant and there's always going to be a submissive. I don't care what that is or more submissive. Everybody says we're evenly yoked. You know, I don't have a problem being submissive to my husband if he's worthy of that. You know, I know when I need to put my foot down and be the dominant person, I can. But when you're dealing through these relationships, what kind of ideal clients are you looking for that would be receptive and can really grow from this kind of information? Right. So the, so I work with women, the spectrum of them. It doesn't matter what type of relationship they're in. That doesn't matter to me. The, the woman that I work with, they've had some trauma in their life. They've created a tremendous amount of success for themselves Mm -hmm. and however that looks for them. Mm -hmm. They, and, and they've done some therapy. They've been on some sort of spiritual healing journey and they're done with the why they, you know, they're done with like therapy is important because it, you know, it gives you a place to understand why you have the issues that you have, but now they're ready for the how I am ready to change this. So my ideal client is ready to really change fundamentally Mm. how they operate in the world. They want to do something radically differently for themselves. They really want to change their beliefs. They want to change how they relate to anger. They want to change how they communicate and how they show up in the world in relation to themselves and to others. Mm -hmm. So my work is very much about you. The whole trust thing you were talking about earlier, you trust that person as much as you trust yourself. And many of us are not taught how to really trust and love and forgive ourselves. So my work is very much about enough of pointing your finger out. Now it's time to turn in. And so it's this, it's this person who's really ready to take their personal growth and development to that next level, to that higher level, right, so they right, can right. really step in to, to our spiritual sacred selves and, and be and, and operate differently in the world. Now, let's talk about the spirituality. Mm-hmm. Folks, yes. got, folks got that twisted. Spirituality is different than religion brains. That's right. One does not have to compete with the other. They coexist. From what I read and what I know, it was a spirit <laughs> that turned us into this, you know, energy being living a human experience. So, you know, and and you can take that for what it's worth to you, process it any way that you want. I'm not, you know, because I'm a religious person too, but I'm very, very spiritual. You know, and when I get into that that place, that frequency, that Mm -hmm. gateway, 
that portal, it takes you to a whole nother, you, you ain't even thinking about what's happening down on ground zero. That's right. You know, you're just in a different place. People call it hoo-hoo. They call it, you know, they used to call them hippies. You know, the hippies was into spirituality a long time ago. That and a couple mushrooms. <laughs> but but whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to get there. But once you get to that higher state of consciousness, you know, that separates the wheat from the straw. You better believe me. Because, again, like I said, I, I've understood by working, you know, with my coach, just seeing things, understanding that I have six life purposes, not just mm. And understanding what the intention is. And what is the focus and what is the purpose and, you know, and your life calling. We are here for two reasons, brains. That is to learn and to teach. Everything else is window dressing. Mm-hmm. Or salad dressing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so when you get to that frequency, you know, now, now, and then again, that's a part of it because you're not just talking about controlling the anger and the communication. But it's communication and negotiation with spirit, because that's your equalizer. Am I right or am I wrong? You know, I am so glad you are mentioning this because, and I don't get to have this conversation a lot with well, a lot of people. Because you're not always on the edge. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right? So this is beautiful because I'm going to connect the spirituality to the anger algorithm. As when we suppress our anger and our rage, mm -hmm. that is energy that we are suppressing in our cells and in our body. It's at a low frequency. It's dark matter. So we cannot think and we cannot connect to source to think about what we really want because we're stuck. So the anger algorithm is really about opening up your heart, releasing the dark matter and energy from your body to allow in the light so that you are connecting to God, spirit, intelligence, source, whatever you call it, whatever you want to say to it, to really listening to that inner wisdom that resides within all of us. So yes, this is spiritual work. It's about clearing out, clearing out, to bring in the light and to bring in your connection to the divine because we are magnificent, sacred, holy human beings yeah. having that experience and it is many experiences brains that's another thing that's another show you know because uh, this ain't your first go around i don't care what you say haven't you ever had an epiphany haven't you ever an aha moment deja vu i've been here before i've seen that person before i know this i know that it's no coincidence no you know you have traveled on this journey and you better hope that we get through the next one because we're in that same place. We're in that portal. We are in that vortex. We're in this tiny little hole and we all trying to squeeze through. But you can't squeeze through if you ain't right. You ain't right. And just think about personally on individual level, how many people you see that are just dying. And they're not dying of long debilitating diseases. They're just not waking up. That's right. They're just not, And it's always, it seems like to me, of the heart. They had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Something went wrong with their heart. Something went wrong with their circulatory system. You know, that the blood was not pumping or the blood was pumping to the point where it caused a stroke or an aneurysm or inflammation or disease. So work on your heart. 
Work on your core. Work on your anger. Work on your communication. Get your algorithm right. And we ain't talking about the one that's blocking you on Facebook. <laughs> that, that's right. Okay. We're talking about really, you know, getting your stuff together. Um, uh, Vanessa, you have just been a wealth of information and so deep and so heady. Mm. Uh, and I love you. I really do. I wish oh. you was closer. Come on down to San Diego. You ex, ex Navy. Come on I down will. here. I'll hook you up. I will. Yes. I love you too. Yeah. Yes. And so it's you. a, it's a great place, but tell my brains how to get in contact with you, how to, uh, just really have a conversation with you, uh, to, to, to test it just to see where you are. That's right. You may be further out or you may be more in than you really realize, but you don't know what you don't know. That's right. So I'm pulling up this link here. Let's see if it, so I have a free training. It's called the anger algorithm. It's for Mm -hmm. married women. Go to this link, register. It's on how to use the anger algorithm. You'll hear stories and more about me and what went on for me with my anger and rage and in my marriage. And so, so watch it. It's free. If you want to book a free call, there's a link attached to the training. So it's all there. And so if folks want to find out about me and more about this process, there's the link. Okay. Well, you know, anger management is something that we all need. We all need, we are all angry human beings. I'm working on mine, girl. And I'm giving my, patting myself on the back. Good. I don't even, you know, I turned 60 and now I don't even give care. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know, That's but right. I know, I know that I'm on the downward slope. I'm not promised another 60, you know? And so I am going to make the best of this. I'm going to watch how I respond to situations. Yeah. I'm going to uh, be more conscious of how I communicate with others because I'm really understanding that I've got to meet people where they are. And if that is to de-escalate and 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 take my level of uh, understanding down a notch or two, I'm not too good for that. I can't have expectations of other individuals because, again, that's very selfish of me to expect you to do what maybe you're not capable of, maybe you're not willing, uh, maybe it's not in your wheelhouse, maybe you don't have the tools. So I have to be conscious of that. And if I'm the smart, heady brain, that I perceive, then I must be able to also edit and filter. And you use great people like Vanessa mm. to work with you to help you, you know, balance that out. If not, you're going to be jacked up like a soup sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at some point in this work and what I've learned about myself is they're just surrendering because, yeah. you know, at some point, just the things I used to care about and put all my energy into, I don't care. I don't fucking care i don't i don't i don't oh that's the real deal it's like right. it's really important you know that's i'll go right. in, i'll go into a department store or a store now and i'll get something that is relatively inexpensive when girl you couldn't have paid me to walk in that side of the store <laughs> i had to have everybody's label on me from head to toe i don't need that i just need to look cute and a lot of times i get more compliments off of the things that I've dumbed down than the things that have cost me the most. So Mm. we say that in closing brains that just because it's expensive and it costs you, it can cost you your life, your livelihood, your love, your self-respect, your job, all of that. But sometimes the best things in life like love are free. Yes. 
Thank you so much, my sister. Thank you. Franks. Yes. Go get some free love on the edge. <laughs> yeah. And a That's cocktail. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we want you to love, like, share this podcast, other podcasts right here on the edge. Tell a friend. If it's not for you, say, hey, look, I heard about this great interview that Vanessa Alfaro uh, did with April Mahoney on the edge. Go check it out. You could be saving somebody's life or their marriage. That's Thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you for I... having me. <laughs> <laughs>